Welcome to Rightcast Between the Pages. We're joined today by Sophie Cleverly. My name is Stuart White. And I'm Florian, uh, your other co-host uh, for the podcast. And yeah, we're joined today by Sophie, um, who was born in Bath and studied for a BA in creative writing and an MA in writing for young people. Her book series, Scarlet and Ivy and the Violet Vale Mysteries, are published by HarperCollins Worldwide, as well as being translated into six different languages so far. Aside from writing, she can often be found listening to symphonic metal, watching fantastical TV and struggling to find her way out of her ever-increasing pile of books. Yeah, I can definitely sympathise with the uh, the last hobby on that list. <laughs> very, very familiar. Not sure I know much about symphonic metal, but the rest sounds <laughs> really good hobbies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, well, welcome to the podcast, Sophie. It's lovely to have you. Um, and I suppose, as always with our podcast, we like starting with a superhero-style origin story. Um, for our guests. So yeah, do you want to tell our listeners when you started writing and why you started writing? So I'm going to be a bit of a cliche person um, and say that I always wanted to be a writer. Um, I expect most of the people <laughs> say that. But um, yes, so ever since I learned to read and write, I was just always writing little stories and uh, making my own little books and illustrating the covers. Um, and I just loved the idea of it. And to be honest, I was often writing all the time, even when I wasn't supposed to be. So <laughs> um, if I was uh, in history class and I was supposed to be writing a story about some evacuees from World War II, I'd end up writing some fantastical thing about how they had to go and live with a family of vampires or something like that. <laughs> so um, I, I, I was that kind of child who was just constantly having a wild imagination and and writing all the time. Um, but how I actually got into um, doing it as a job was really through the university route, like as you just said, with my uh, my BA and my MA in creative writing. And I, I actually did that because my my brother did it first. So my brother went to Bath Spa University and did creative writing before me. And that was when I first realised that that was something that you could study, uh, because before I'd always seen writing as my hobby and just the fun thing that I did because I loved it, and less so as something you could actually do as a job. Um, so I thought that I would give that a go and follow my brother and, and go and study the creative writing. Um, and I did that. And while I was there, um, well, firstly, I, <laughs> we'll get into this quite a bit, but obviously I have chronic illnesses. So um, that was affecting me a lot at that period. So I had kind of had thoughts of, oh, perhaps I'll go into teaching or some other um, kind of solid career. But um, I just with my health being really bad, I, I started to think, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to manage much. So um, I think that was when I really started to think, well, maybe I should just put everything into trying to be a writer, <laughs> even though it's probably going to be really hard. Um, and there will be a lot of obstacles and things. But um, yeah, so I decided to try and do the MA in writing for young people instead of doing a PGC or some, another sort of training. Um, and yeah, that, that was really how I, I got into taking it very seriously and 
you know, finishing off my novel and getting to agents and all that kind of thing. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I really do. I do love this. It's probably my favourite question is, is asking how people got, you know, into writing and where it all started for them and so on. And, and that's, it's really lovely to hear. Um, obviously, when we, we start the writing process, um, we, we have to come up with some sort of um, imaginative idea, some sort of new spin on something. And you talked a lot there about how you um, you like to sort of put your own spin on, on, on certain things and so on. But for you as a writer personally, where, where do your ideas come from? Um, do you, you know, do you, do you uh, see other things and think, oh, I, I want to put a particular you know, spin on that and I want to do things slightly differently? Or do you try and come up with things that are completely unique? Or, you know, where, where does that uh, well of ideas come from for you? Oh, that's a good question because I think there's there's so many different places that that ideas come from. Um, I definitely have a bit of that wanting to to take existing things and put a bit of a spin on them. Um, with my Scarlet and Ivy series, I, w I was quite inspired by um, a lot of the the boarding school books that I've read as a kid and the, the old fashioned ones, um, and the kind of classic sort of mysteries like Nancy Drew and things like that. I'd read lots of those. And it was sort of me thinking like, oh, can I do that, but make it something that's a bit more for the for the modern reader and that um, maybe has some sort of slightly fantastical twists to it um, or uh, is a little bit darker in places and maybe a little bit more diverse and things like that. So, yeah, I definitely a, a big part of what I like to do is is take these sort of existing things and try to play with them a little bit. Um yeah, also, um, I, I always talk about just filling up my well of ideas. So I know I, I do that a lot with all sorts of different things, um, whether that's, you know, reading lots of books, and watching movies, things like that. Um, but especially for my books being historical, I find that uh, research and visiting the locations is, is a really big part of what gives me ideas. Um, I've got some little books here. So I've got... Uh, the Victorian Asylum, the Victorian Detective. So it was a bit of a clue about what happens in my current books. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like so, reading about about historical things can uh, really give me ideas, as as well as um, actually going to the places. So for um, my new series, Violet Vale, she lives next to a Victorian cemetery. So I have been to all manner of different cemeteries and, <laughs> and Victorian churchyards. I'm just uh, going down the road. And I'm like, oh, we have to stop. There's a, there's a graveyard. <laughs> I have to go look at it. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I often find a lot of my inspiration for little details and, and sometimes even whole plots just comes out of going to interesting places and, and seeing what I can find. <laughs> that is really, uh, that's really interesting because I'm sure a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people who write, fantasy or fantastical plots um might not consider that sort of heavy research side of it um but that is like do you have any advice for um anyone when it comes to doing that level of research because I suppose you know a lot of people might turn to stuff like Google and Wikipedia but the fact that you're actually going out and seeing these places yeah do you have any any advice for our listeners who might be embarking on that level of research yeah, I, I definitely think that going to visit, if you can, obviously, you know, depending on <laughs> current restrictions yeah, and, um, <laughs> and your, your health and whatever might get in the way, uh, if you can, I, I find that is just the greatest way to um, to research things. Um, 
and especially if you if you go to like a museum or a stately home where there are um you know people that are they really love the place and they they know lots about it and they can give you all sorts of interesting stories um and i find that that's massively helpful um but also i think people shouldn't be afraid to google um and you know it, it's not bad to <laughs> to look stuff up on wikipedia especially if it's just like a oh you know um did they have this kind of plumbing in the victorian times or something um but um yeah for those more in-depth things i think visiting the place is is the greatest way of doing it if you can <laughs> amazing well that makes me feel better about uh using google because i think i have about 60 tabs open at the moment of researching different uh things oh it's really interesting i love the fact that you go to all these uh cemeteries as well that sounds really fun uh, um well yeah and i've your you know obviously your ideas work because you are a really prolific writer and you've written series as well which is amazing um but you're also a full-time writer and a mum as well a parent um so i just think again you know there's must be loads of our listeners out there who are balancing family life um and maybe also trying to work towards one day a, a full-time career as a writer. Um, so what does your your day-to-day life look like when you're sitting down to write, but also balancing those personal responsibilities as well? Um, I, I think um, that's a really good question. And I, th- I think an important thing for people to know is that I, I barely spend hardly any time literally sitting down <laughs> just writing. I, I grab it whenever I can, but um, it just just realistically doesn't happen very often because you know when you, when you have a baby um, or more than one, it's just um, it's just a lot of running around after them <laughs> and making sure they're all right. And um, you know my daughter will come and climb on me if I sit on my computer and start going no work. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, um, I have to, I have to rely on other people a lot, and if people can do that, that um, I think is is really helpful. If you've got um, a partner or family or anyone who can um, who can take your kids for a bit <laughs> and give you a bit of quiet time, um, and um, you know when she goes to nursery as well, it's a really good really good time for writing. But yeah, I think um, a, a lot of people kind of have the idea of like oh just you you must just have to go down to your writing shed and just write all day and and leave your leave your daughter <laughs> I'm like no no mostly I'm parenting <laughs> but I just just got to squeeze in that writing whenever I can um and I, I think yeah I think it's really important just for, for people to know that they don't have to be on it all the time because I think a lot of people worry about that and I know I did mm. so <laughs> Yeah, it's really interesting to hear that because I, I, I was actually nodding and smiling a lot <laughs> at the things you were saying there because you know I'm, I'm in a similar position. I've got a five-year-old and a one-year-old at the moment. So, you know, between the pair of them, there's not much time to actually sit down and, and do things. Um, and I'm sure a lot actually of, of the people that are listening, you know, the uh, the writers out there will, will completely empathise with that as well and, and will have been in similar situations. Um, and that brings us on actually quite nicely to the last thing I wanted to ask you about today, which was, and it's got a kind of personal note for me as well. Um, 
Um, Because as you know, Sophie, we've chatted about this before, but um, I've obviously got um, long-term chronic illnesses, autoimmune conditions and so on. And I know that that's something, you know, that obviously you you alluded to earlier on, but that you struggle with as well. Um, But I I guess, and I I guess it's it's one of those things that I think you're similar where the the illness is invisible. And so, you know, people will be looking, if they're watching the video, will be looking at us in the podcast saying, oh, they look fine, they look great, you know, they, they look they all look fine and healthy. Um, but, you know, the what's going on underneath, obviously, is, is a bit more of a struggle. Um, what what for you um, is the, the hardest part of, of living with chronic illness and, and trying to be as productive as you are in terms of your writing and also everything else in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you overcome that? Because you clearly have to you know have to have done as well as you have mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> yeah I think uh, it's very similar to um you know writing as a parent um I think that writers have enormous pressure to be writing be working all time uh, probably true of everyone in fact we, we've all we're all under enormous pressure to be working constantly um which is hard for anyone. And it's especially hard if you've got any sort of chronic illness or disability. Um, And I I think that was the thing that I I really battled with because um, often I would be thinking, oh, I I can only do a tiny bit of writing today. Oh, that's not good enough. Um, And I'd just be be beating myself up about the fact that um, I wasn't well enough to write every day. And, and especially uh, if you Google writing advice, there, there are always those people saying you must write every single day and you have to have these high word counts and you've got to hit them. Otherwise, you can't be a writer. So um, just seeing that was really demoralizing. And I think it, it took me a while to realize that that wasn't true, because just doing a tiny bit whenever I could eventually made a whole book. <laughs> um and it might it might take me longer sometimes, but it's just about that doing that bit when you can, and um, just remembering that that's okay, and that um, it doesn't mean that you're lazy or that you're not going to succeed or anything like that. Just might take you longer. <laughs> yeah, that that's really good advice. Um, I'll, it's something I'll take on board as well. I I'm, I'm very conscious of of how often I. I think, oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And, you know, I don't have the energy for it or, you know, I don't feel up to that day. And I should really uh, take on some of your advice there about, you know, just doing what you can. And eventually it does add up, you know, all those little, you know, the sums of small repeated efforts do, do add up. And, um, yeah, that's that's really um, good advice and, and, and inspirational as well, Sophie. It's- no, that's really interesting, so because I remember really well, um, I think it might have been a WowCon video um it was through right mentor about overcoming obstacles um and yeah i i watched that and it was just it was really good so i don't know if that's i think it's still available on the right mentor website i'm not sure but it is amazing so if it is available everyone should listen to it because that was it's like top 10 tips from sophie on how to overcome writing obstacles and i remember that really clearly listening to it so thank you because you yeah you do have some really good advice um uh, about that that I still remember so it must have been good <laughs> um but yeah thank you so much for joining us today um it's been really interesting um and yeah hearing about I think as well hearing about for me um what you said about not having to write every day and not feeling forced to write every day 
Um, I think that's something that really resonates with me and I'm sure resonates with Stuart and everyone else who has lives beyond their writing. Um, because I do think you get that anxiety and that fear if you're not writing every day and you see that advice everywhere. Like you're not a writer if you don't write and you're like, ah, but I am something else other than a writer. So <laughs> I need to do other stuff. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. Cause that's made me feel better today. So, <laughs> um, so should we move on? Yeah. Should we move on to the quiz, Stuart? <laughs> Let's do it. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> closing down my google right now closing down all my tabs <laughs> no cheating no research oh. um I don't, I don't know if it's going to be something particularly interesting. Would, would he say a linguistics professor? Because that, that was one of his occupations. That's my guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, right. Uh, imagination person or imaginator or something weird like that. I don't know. <laughs> Fantasy man. Something along those lines. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so cute. I feel like I must have heard that before. I probably just blanked out because that sounds great. <laughs> that is that is adorable. Oh, my gosh. I aspire to be described as a wizard one day. That's amazing. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he said it would be a raven or crow, something that picks up. I, I think I know the reason as well, quite sadly. Something that picks up shiny things, I think he said, because he's a writer and picks up ideas. I think that's what it was. Or a magpie, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> that sounds really familiar to me. I think it might have been a magpie. But, uh, you know, credit to Florian. because <laughs> I don't think I would have remembered. <laughs> um, I think it could be that. So, um do I, do I have to give a different answer? <laughs> no, we can have the same one. We can definitely have the same one. <laughs> okay. I, well, I went through a list of birds, but we got to magpie in the end. Oh. Um, piece of stationery. I don't know, because I mean, obviously, it. I've been reading the Very Hungry Caterpillar about five times a day. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, I. I'm gonna guess it has to be a hole punch, right? Because it has holes in the book. 
<laughs> oh, that's so clever. I can't take that. Um, I was going to go for something really s- silly, so I'll go for my silly answer, which is like a stapler. So, But hole punch makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I had the stapler in my head. Oh, amazing. Well done. It's paid off. All those multiple reads of it have paid off for this quiz. So well done. <laughs> Mm, okay. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not sure. I know. I actually don't think I've, have I read it? I think, no, I have read it. I just can't remember. Oh no, this is terrible. I'm just going to say anyone. I'm so embarrassed. It's such a famous book as well. Uh, Peter. <laughs> oh, oh, I hate myself. <laughs> Go on, oh, well, I feel like I'm cheating because right, there's my favorite book. Um, so his name is Bod Owens. Um, and it's a play on the little poem that's, um, it, it's a really old poem that's in the beginning of the book, which I think is, uh, rattle his bones over the stones. He's only a pauper who nobody owns. So he's like, he's nobody owns. Oh, essentially. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> I love it. I love Honestly, I love having writers on our po- on the, like our podcast being about writers and authors because we always get some really cool <laughs> facts off this quiz from our guests. They all know the the general knowledge about writing is amazing. So um, yeah, I I've definitely read it, and I'm oh. really ashamed that I didn't get that. So. <laughs> uh, I am a Neil Gaiman fan, but apparently not apparently not enough to remember names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Sophie's killing it yeah <laughs> okay um, so uh, the cat in the hat the Lorax, uh, Green Eggs and Ham. <laughs> you know, that is so annoying. I'm, You know, I'm not even joking. That is the three that I was going to say, and I can't even – it sounds like I'm copying you massively. Um, I'm going to think of a different one, otherwise it's going to look really obvious. Um, okay, Oh, the Places We Go. That's a really good one. And then I'll go for Green Eggs and Ham and Cat in the Hat because I was going to go for those two as well. <laughs> Awesome. Well done. Well deserved, Sophie. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I think the hosts are never going to win, ever. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to read the graveyard book again. Read the graphic novel version because it's really lovely and that's a good way to reread it. 
Oh, that's <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. Oh, amazing. It's such a visual book as well. So I bet it translates really well as a graphic novel. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. So thanks very much for uh, joining us today, Sophie. That's uh, coming to the end of the episode. It's been a real pleasure to hear about you, your books, your writing, your process, and obviously the, the various obstacles you have to overcome as well. And it's been a, a real inspiration for me to, to listen to, to how you've managed to do that. Um, so thank you for, for coming along. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Okay, um, so that's the end of the episode, folks. Thanks very much for joining us on Rightcast once again, and may the force be with you.